Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about podcast planning, suggestions and the best of 2018 kindness stories. Welcome to this week's Kindness Project, I'm Chris. Yep, (laughs) that's that's me, that's me. Uh, and I'm Chris and I'm Charlotte. Well, I'll be clearly, I'm not Charlotte, but... Are you sure about that? Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Barry. <laughs> I'm Beryl. <laughs> and I'm Barry. And uh, welcome to this week's episode. <coughs> Today, we've got another special. Uh-huh. Because apart from the interviews and the kindness news and us chatting nonsense uh, on the intros and outros, yes. we also talked about some pretty meaningful stuff in 2018. Did we? Yeah. Like death. Oh, yes, I remember that one. So we we had a bunch of subjects that we thought was interesting to share mm-hmm. um, and some stories of kindness that we thought we'd explore in a bit more depth. Hey-ho, um, let's give that a go. I, uh, <laughs> so these weren't, these weren't people we'd interviewed, but just stuff that we wanted to explore in a bit more detail. We, we'd had a, a chinwag about. Well, um, we had a bit of a chinwag about. And we'd like to share some of those stories of kindness with you. So... Without further ado, should we listen to the best of 2018 Stories of Kindness? <laughs> Is that a yes? Yeah, nice yeah I, just, I, can, I just considered that you were just going to keep going. Oh, right, no, no, I wasn't. Um, should we listen to the yeah, best let's go, of 2018 let's go. Stories of Kindness? Yes. Can I get serious for a minute? Yes. Because there's a letter that I've uh, I read the other day that I think is really important to share uh, and it highlights one of it highlights a couple of things actually but yeah. um, I just loved the way it was written um, it was by a, uh, a girl called Holly Butcher um, and she um, she died recently she died on the 4th of Jan this year <laughs> but before she died she wrote a letter um, and it's been um, going viral it's been shared virtually everywhere and who did she uh, send it to she um she published it online and she uh, it's been sort of getting huge amounts of um uh, readership it's been posted on buzzfeed it's been posted in loads of different places about five or six people i know um shared it yeah. but the reason they've shared it is because for um for somebody who's relatively young uh, it's massively insightful so can I read it to you Go ahead. a bit of life advice from Hull it's a strange thing to realise and accept your mortality at 26 years young it's just one of those things you ignore the days tick by and you just expect that they will keep on coming until the unexpected happens I've always imagined myself growing old, wrinkled and grey, most likely caused by the beautiful family, lots of clip kiddies I planned on building with the love of my life. I want it so bad it hurts. That's the thing about life. It's fragile, precious and unpredictable, and every day is a gift, not, not a given right. I'm 27 now. I don't want to go. I love my life and I'm happy. I owe that to my loved ones, but the control is out of my hands. Yeah. I haven't started this note before I die so that death is feared. I like the fact that we are mostly ignorant to its inevitability, except when I talk about it and it's treated like a taboo topic that will never happen to any of us. That's been a bit tough. 
I just want people to stop worrying so much about the small, meaningless stresses in life and try to remember that we all have the same fate after it all. So do what you can to make your time feel worthy and great, minus the bullshit. Yeah. I've dropped lots of my thoughts below as I've had a lot of time to ponder life these last few months. Of course, it's the middle of the night when these random things pop into my head. Those times you are whinging about ridiculous things, something I've noticed so much in the last few months. Just think about somebody who is really facing a problem. Yeah. Be grateful for your minor issue and get over it. It's okay to acknowledge that something is annoying, but try not to carry on about it and negatively affect other people's days. Once you do that, get out there and take a big breath of that fresh air deep in your lungs. Look at how blue the sky is and how green the trees are. It's beautiful. Think how lucky you're able to just do that. Breathe. You might have got caught in bad traffic today. Or had bad sleep because your beautiful babies kept you awake. Or your hairdresser cut your hair too short. Your fake nails might have got a chip. Your boobs are too small. You have cellulite on your arse. And your belly is wobbling. Let all that shit go. I swear you will not be thinking of those things when it is your turn to go. It's insignificant when you look at life as a whole. I'm watching my body waste away right before my eyes with nothing I can do about it. And all I wish for now is that I could have one more birthday or one more Christmas with my family. Or just one more day with my partner and my dog. Just one more. I hear people complaining about how terrible work is or how hard it is to exercise. Be grateful that you are physically able to. Work and exercise may seem like trivial things until your body doesn't allow you to do either of them. I try to live a healthy life. In fact, that was probably my major passion. Appreciate your good health and functioning body, even if it isn't your ideal size. Look after it and embrace how amazing it is. Move it and nourish it with fresh food. Don't obsess over it. Remember, there are more aspects to good health than the physical body. Work just as hard on finding your mental, emotional and spiritual happiness too. That way you might realise just how insignificant and unimportant having this stupidly portrayed perfect social media body really is. While on the topic, delete any account that pops up on your newsfeed that gives you any sense of feeling rubbish about yourself. Friend or not, be ruthless to your own well-being. Be grateful for every day you don't have pain. And even the days when you are unwell, with man flu, a sore back or a sprained ankle, accept it as rubbish, but be thankful that it isn't life-threatening. It will go away. Whinge less, people. Mm. And help each other more. Yeah. Give, give, give. It's true that you gain more happiness doing things for others than doing things for yourself. I wish I did this more. Since I've been sick, I've met the most incredibly giving and kind people and been the receiver of the most thoughtful and loving words and support from my family, friends and st strangers, more than I could ever give in return. I'll never forget this and will be forever grateful for all these people. It's a weird thing having money to spend at the end, when you're dying. It's not a time you go out and buy material things that you usually would, like a new dress. It makes you think how silly it is that we think it's worth spending so much money on new clothes and things in our lives. Buy your friend something kind instead of another dress, beauty products or jewellery for the next wedding. 
No one cares if you wear the same thing twice. And just make sure it feels good. Take them out for a meal. Or better yet, cook them a meal. Shout their coffee. Yeah. Buy them a plant. A massage or a candle. And tell them you love them when you give it to them. Value other people's time. Don't keep them waiting because you're rubbish at being on time. Get ready earlier if you're one of those people and appreciate that your friends wouldn't share time with you, not sit by themselves waiting on a mate. You'll gain respect too. This year, our family agreed to do no presents. And despite the tree looking rather sad and empty, it was so nice because people didn't have the pressure of shopping and the effort went into writing a nice card for each other. Plus, imagine my family trying to buy me a present, knowing they'd probably end it end up with it in the end strange it might seem lame but those cards mean more to me than any impulse purchase could mind you it was also easy to do in our house because we had no little kiddies there anyway moral of the story presents are not needed for a meaningful christmas use your money on experiences or at least don't miss out on experiences because you spend all your money on material stuff Put in the effort to do that day trip to the beach you keep putting off. Dip your feet in the water and dig your toes in the sand. Wet your face with salt water. Get amongst nature. Try enjoying life. Uh, try, just, try just enjoying and being in moments rather than capturing them through the screen of your phone. Life isn't meant to be lived through a screen, nor is it about getting the perfect photo. Enjoy the moment. Stop trying to capture it for everyone else. Get up early sometimes and listen to birds while you watch the beautiful colours the sun makes as it rises. Listen to music. Cuddle your dog. I'm going to miss that. Talk to your friends. Put down the phone. Are they doing okay? Travel if it's your desire. Don't if it's not. Work to live. Don't live to work. Do what your makes your heart feel happy. <coughs> Eat the cake, zero guilt. Say no to things you don't really want to do. Don't feel pressurised to do what other people might think is a fulfilling life. Tell your loved ones you love them every time you get the chance. And love them with everything you have. Also, remember if something is making you miserable, you have the power to change it. In work or love or whatever it may be, have the guts to change. You don't know how much time you've got on this earth, so don't waste it being miserable. I know this is said all the time, but it couldn't be more true. Oh, and one last thing. If you can, do a good deed for humanity and start regularly donating blood. It will make you feel good with the added bonus of saving lives. I feel that it's something that is so overlooked considering every donation can save three lives. That's a massive impact each person can have. And the process really is so simple. Mm. Blood donation helped me keep me alive for an extra year. A year I will be ever for, forever grateful for that I got to spend it here on earth with my friends, family and dog. A year I've had some of the greatest times of my life. Yep. Till we meet again, Hull. Charlotte, what do you think of that? Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's really hard to kind of talk about it and just like, I'm still kind of processing it myself. Like, yeah. everything she said is like really true. And Hi. you think, you think that kind of writing would come from someone who's like really old. But do you think about it? Not, you don't have to be old to be wise. 
wise because you just have to know what's close to you. And yeah, I think I think knowing that the end is coming gives you a bit of insight, though, right? Because you you yeah, really need to stop wasting time on the stuff that don't matter. Yeah, but we all know that the the end is coming. It's knowing that it's soon. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. makes it more pertinent yeah but all right so how's this for a for a for a thing then if you if you knew the end was a year why don't you live like the like why don't you do stuff to make yourself happy anyway regardless of whether you've got a year or a hundred years to live because not everything makes you happy does it no but focusing on doing simple stuff and being kind, I think, is one of one of those things you can do simply to make you happy instead of focusing on stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, uh, should be a bit more of a focus. So anyway, shouldn't it? Regardless yeah. of whether you've got a year or a hundred years, because even if you've got a hundred years, like left why don't you live why don't you live a hundred happy years instead of instead of instead of worrying about the stuff that will never matter in 10 years or never matter in 20 years certainly won't matter if you knew you were going to die in a year yeah everything's changing like everyone's everyone's got like social media and they're all posting pictures of themselves and they assume it's going to affect their lives like oh this will up my social status that'll help me somehow but while everyone else is there, but post- is it is part of it a point? It's going. Yeah, like everyone else is posting like pictures of themselves, filters and like makeup on, and then there's me. I'm just posting pictures of stuff that I enjoy. Like I, what I like, what I enjoy doing is I'll take writing prompts offline, post them on my Instagram, and go finish the story. Yeah. And I love listening to people's reactions to all the yeah. different prompts. That's creative, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, it. it's just that's a different. Bit of fun. Yeah, no, and and certainly I, th- I think we've spoke about this before. Social media used in the right way and mm. technology used in the right way can be a, a huge force for good yeah. can't it I, I tell you I mean I, I, was, I was I was reading that and I had a bit of a tear in my head if I'm honest yeah me too um, I was just listening to you uh, and uh, for me and I'm really sorry uh, if I didn't do it just justice I did try um, but certainly coming out uh, coming out of the mouth of a 40 year old man is probably a bit different to the way Holly intended it but I thought it was important to read it um, in full uh, but the insight that I got from that is your perspective certainly changes when your uh, situation uh, uh you know you haven't got long left yeah and actually you focus on the bits that have made you happy for your life and the bits that we all should focus on a lot more Mm. so spending time with the people we love yeah telling the people we love we love them making sure that you do something good for other people yeah um ignoring a lot of the noise and the stuff that doesn't matter yeah having really cool experiences because those memories will last you know for as long as you last you know that sort of thing they may even last longer because 
But they're, they're, you you live on in the minds of other people, don't yeah, you? Exactly. You know, <laughs> you don't just die with yourself. You die with the memory of you. Yeah, but people would people will tell your stories and the stories of the not the jumper you bought, but actually the time you went to the beach and dipped your toes in the sand. So, so I think, you know, for me. Reading that story was really important, and and I thought it was really important to make it this week's kindest story of the week, purely and simply because uh, it's so insightful. Now, what I'm going to do is um, post a uh, link to the letter. Um, If you haven't read it already, it's certainly worth doing, Uh, but I'm interested in your thoughts about that. Where do you think the biggest insight lay in that letter? We look forward to hearing from you. So for this week's story of kindness, I'm going to talk to you about a man called Charlie. Yep. Uh, now, Charlie is homeless, yep. and um, recently he joined Twitter. Yep. Uh, and the reason he joined Twitter is because somebody gave him a mobile phone, um, a, a really old one, no SIM card, um, but... Um, just a mobile phone that he could use free cost at Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously got a charger for it. And on March the 7th, um, 2018, he wrote this tweet. I'm homeless. Not evil. I'm not stupid or on drugs or violent or dishonest or crazy or greedy or diseased or drunk or likely to kill you. Yep. If you've met if you'd met me in better circumstances you'd like me. I'm a nice guy. I just just don't currently have a home and that is it. Now he put this tweet out and he just he just every now and again he just tweets um, what it's like to be homeless. So recently he's commented on how cold it is. Um, but really interestingly all the messages that he shares are positive. Yeah. Um, he tweets about homelessness. He tweets about in support of homeless shelters. He t- he tweets, uh, you know, it just a tiny little thing. On March the eighth, he just put, "Phone is about to die, like run out of battery. Love to all." Um, and he just um, supports and shares. Um, uh, on March the eighth, he also put, "Can't wait for spring to arrive." It's flipping freezing, which on on March to the eighth, on March the eighth, it flipping was. So, um, but yeah, just really, really good stuff. So, March the eighth was March, sort of early March was when he uh, started tweeting. But guess what? What? People really responded to Charlie's um, messages, and on uh, on March the eighth, he said, "Never had so many messages." I'm just one of thousands of rough sleepers. If you feel for me, feel for them. Every life you touch will pay you back eventually. Be kind, night. And he just, he got loads of direct messages. In the end, he set up a PayPal account so somebody could support him. And genuinely, like, sort of, uh, the support that he got just through Twitter was yeah. incredible. Offers of jobs, offers of homes, offers of money, offers of shelter, offers of food. And today, uh, we're recording this on March the 17th, uh, 2018. We record these in advance. So today he had a tweet, um, 
Uh, on March the 7th, 2018, I was homeless. I was given a mobile and joined Twitter. Ten days later, I've nearly 20,000 followers. Hundreds of offers, offers of support, donations, job offers, and a whole lot of kindness and love. I've been extremely lucky. Many aren't. Reach out. Be kind. It saved my life. Now, yep. I read that this morning. And I, I, I don't mind saying that um, I cried. Um, it always does. Um, I, 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 you know what? It's weird. As I get older, I am, I am more of a... These things emotionally impact me. But genuinely, uh, that guy from his accounts, uh, from his Twitter account, you can tell he's, going, he's been through some stuff and challenging stuff, right? Yeah. But that doesn't make him a bad bloke. That doesn't make him violent or evil. That makes him somebody who's just... Homeless. Homeless. Um, but the reality of it is, we've all got to remember that we're not that many steps away from being in that position. Yeah. And even though you know, we should work hard to try and maintain good mental health and work hard to, to make sure that we mentally we're never in that position and we make decisions that are good, yeah. should never forget that it's actually easier than you think to be in that sort of position. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like like one slip up or one tiny mistake and we could end up with absolutely nothing. And this man he he was given one tiny thing and he managed to t- to use it and even though he didn't plan on it, he used it to his own advantage and yeah. he now has Maybe more than he had before. Probably not. But well, he's it, making progress, right? Yeah. He's making progress, which is important. Um, the weird thing is that um, uh, reading Charlie's tweets, there were also people who were quite negative about what he was doing, purely and simply because they said, why is a homeless man on Twitter and got a mobile phone? Like, he's got no entitlement to. Um, but what Charlie did was the right thing. He chose to focus on... Uh, what people were doing positively to help him change his change his life, yeah. and I think um, that's great. And uh, I've, I've tweeted Charlie. I'm going to send Charlie a direct message to see what we can we can do yeah. to to help. Um, uh, I'm sure that he's got. I mean, by the looks of his tweets, he's got hundreds of people wanting to help him. Um, and um, good luck, Charlie. You're an inspiration, mate. If you make people think about the next time they walk past somebody homeless, uh, just doing something a bit cool, yeah. you've you've made the world a far better place. So fantastic work, well done. So Charlotte, one of the um, when we we've interviewed quite a lot of guests uh, recently, and I know we haven't sort of released a lot of those interviews yet but we're going to and one of the recurring themes that always comes up when we ask about um who's your uh, who's your favorite book character who or what book character um, what character from a book um uh, reminds you of being kind the most harry potter comes up loads mm. now who do you think uh, out of all the interviews we've done um uh, is the most generous character? Who's the one that? I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't done a lot of the interviews. I think I've done one yeah. so far. So, like, 
I wouldn't know. No, so who would you guess that might be seen as kind in the Harry Potter books? Uh, who who would be seen as kind in the Harry Potter books? Um, Hermione? Hermione comes up loads. So a lot of people, when we ask them who's the character in a book that you think is most kind or who, who would you like to be as a kind character in a book, Hermione Granger comes up loads. Yeah. And I didn't think we'd ever be able to do this, but today we've got three stories of kindness related to Harry Potter. Well. What do you mean, well? The first one is not entirely related to Harry Potter, but it's one of the actors from Harry Potter that... Okay, fine. Centred around. So do you want to tell, tell the story? Okay. So there was um, these people and they went to watch a musical, I think, of Hunt, I'm not sure. And um, Daniel Radcliffe was there. Okay. It could have been a theatre show, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he took 45 minutes out of his time to take pictures and sign all the... All the um, or the playbills for yeah, yeah, yeah. who wanted signatures for them. Oh, that's nice. That's a lovely thing. You know what? If people pay money and come and see a show, the least you can expect from the actor is just to spend a bit of time um, engaging with the audience and yeah. having a chat and stuff like that. that that's a great story. Mm. Uh, so that's our first Harry Potter-related story. Yeah. You've got another one? Yes. Okay, so there's these uh, kids and they were trick-or-treating. And one of the kids... Where were they? Uh, in New York. New York, New York. So good they'd named it twice. Or was that Rumford, Rumford? I can't remember. Uh, no. <laughs> Might have been Essex, Essex. <laughs> New York, New York. Okay, okay, so one of the kids in the group, a five-year-old boy who's dressed up as Harry Potter, complete with matted hair, glasses and wand, we were, uh, well, they were, was walking down uh, East 78th Street, okay. which is a popular Halloween spot for the NYC. So this is trickle, kids in New York, trick-or-treating, going down the street, going into houses asking for trick or treat and then what happened okay um since all the all the townhouses and apartments on the blocks between park and third avenue go all out decorated for the holiday yeah. and load them up with candy amid the madness the boy was walking along the street when a young woman came up to him and said excuse me are you harry potter after he mumbled out yes she said that's great because i'm hermione granger and we're best friends and she gave him a big hug of course, the boy was too young to realise that it was indeed Emma Watson who couldn't have been nicer. That is an awesome story. So she's walking in New York, mm -hmm. saw a, a small child dressed as Harry Potter, yeah. and then said, I am actually Hermione. Yeah. I, I mean, how many, how many kids would like love to meet the real-life actress who played... Yeah. Is it Emma Watson who plays Hermione Granger? It is, isn't she? Yeah. And she, she's... Um, She's quite well known for being kind. I think she does stuff for yeah. loads of charities and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, who else is kind in the Harry Potter universe? Because that's okay. two people. Okay. Before the release of Harry Potter series' fourth book, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, J.K. Rowling wrote the book's ending a year early for Natalie MacDonald, a little girl diagnosed with leukaemia. La Natalie di died before reading J.K.'s email, so J.K. named a character after her. The character was sorted into Gryffindor. Really? Yep. So she did something inspired by this girl yeah. who who um, who then died and she, she named a character after her. Yeah. What a lovely thing to do. And what's your who's your favourite? Who who are the kindest characters in Harry Potter, do you think? I mean Hermione, obviously because um like she wanted to be smart but like she uh, she wanted to help her friends as well, and I think like she kind of let her want 
uh, desire to help her friends overcome to become overcome her her desire to become wiser. Okay. And that I think that was a kind of thing. And um, and Neville as well. I think. Um, oh, I love Neville. You know what, Neville? Ne- is Neville? I uh, see you. You know a lot more about Harry Potter than me. But I've, um, I, my understanding is Neville is the only uh, person in Harry Potter where they talk about him supporting the football team. Yeah. Is that right? And their football yeah. team is. Uh, I think it's West Ham. West Ham United. Yeah. Um, but like, why is Neville so kind? I think he's got such like. In the books, he's got a really tragic backstory. What's his backstory? I'm not going into depth with it because spoilers, guys. But like, um, also I can't remember it off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and it's right. Is it spoilers or is it you can't remember? I I remember bits and pieces, but I don't want to give like half the story and then and then not give you the rest. And I think he still seems kind of smiley and he always tries to help out yeah and so he's staying positive despite adversity yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay I cool. think that quite makes him quite behind because he's not focusing on his own problems but he's trying to support others yeah well i think i think certainly sort of kindness to others helps you as well because it helps you um stay happy doesn't it so yep. it's all good do you reckon um jk rowling uh intentionally wrote kind characters I don't know, maybe she was trying to make good role models for kids. Maybe, and I think she succeeded in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. So, any other Harry Potter-related stories you've got for us? No, I think that's the last one. Okay, cool. Stories of kindness. Stop! It's getting all out my system. Stories of kindness. That was quite... You did the jazz hands then, though, like stories of kindness. It wasn't jazz hands, it was looming over you. <laughs> Loom hands. <laughs> As a, as a cult leader often does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We can stop. We can stop. Anyway. Should, should we stop referring to you as a cult leader? Yes. Do you dress up as the guy from Atlas? No, I, I just wear my uniform and everyone just goes, ah! <laughs> You've got a uniform for your cult? No, my school uniform. Your cult... Uniform is the school uniform. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's lazy, if anything. I think that's an easy way out. Uh, yeah. What's the uniform? Wearing shoes. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's uniform? We've got little Sanders bags there. Really, so, so. Is anybody who wears a Sanders uniform in your cult? No. Not yet. <laughs> no. And not all our cult members are, are from Sanders either. No, true. We are multi school. You, 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 you need your own uniform now, that's it. Maybe. I can, can make it? That's what I was saying. Go, off you go. Okay. So you asked me to prepare some very kind scenes from TV shows, and I had a bit of trouble with this because, you know, I've been watching a lot of TV about violence and stuff, and also I've been doing a binge watch of Queer Eye, which... Queer Eye is quite a nice show. Yeah, but it, I was... I was it's not. No? No, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's an amazing show, and I mean, tears it into everyone. But it's not kind to poor old Bobby... Who redecorates <laughs> an entire house and gets no TV time? Who's <laughs> Bobby? He's, the, He's the, the, the ginger one. Oh. So he redecorates an entire he house. He redecorates the entire life. houses and he, he doesn't, he get, doesn't to talk. get enough credit. No, no. They, they uh, actually remade I've a character called Bobby the other day. A person called Bobby I've, the other day. I've, I've, like, yeah. I've only seen the first episode, the first episode and a little bit the second one. There's, there's a British queer yeah. eye guy. Who's involved? I don't think... I think he's the chef one, isn't he? Ten. Ten. No, no, no. Yeah. I thought Tan was the... Yeah. No, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I haven't even been watching it like since last week. You were over kind TV shows. 
Really yeah, except I picked examples from like fictional. Okay, well, we'll talk about your fictional ones, but while we're on it, what other documentary factual style shows are by kind of thing? I, I mean, the um, the makeover one um, always had me in tears. Um, oh, DIYs. DIYs, just love it. Absolutely love it. There are there are just helping somebody with that sort of thing is really good. It's got and community. Charlotte just ate a berry before a really funny face so after she did it. Uh, yeah, very community driven. Very. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Charlotte? What shows do you um, like? I don't watch a lot of do- uh, reality shows. I quite like to say, stay in the fantasy world. Stay in the fantasy world. What fantasy shows are very fun? Okay, well I started with, I started with Sherlock because it's cool. It's a good show. I like Sherlock. I think particularly one of the things that surprised me was how kind Sherlock was, for once. <laughs> in what, in what? So, season three, spoilers, guys, Mary's Spoiler dead. Alert. Mary's dead. Um, and <laughs> you did give a thing when I have time to turn off. You went spoiler alert, Mary's dead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> then you got it in with it. Spoiler Mary, uh, dead. <laughs> Mary, Mary's spoiler alert, dead. <laughs> anyway, so when Mary dies, she sends this disc. Mary's dead. Anyway, she sends this disc to Sherlock and he watches it. And Wait, on it. When did she send the disc? Well, she had it so that when she died, someone sent it to her. Like, Pierce, I, like, like Pierce, I love you. <laughs> Somebody dies with Pierce, I love you. Spoiler alert. Any other shows you want to like to... Oh, yeah, the whole spoil. thing's a spoiler. Right, okay. Anyway, um, when Mary sends him this disc and he watches it, and basically she tells him that he, if he wants to help his best friend, if he wants to save his best friend from the sadness of losing his wife, aka Mary, um, he has to throw himself into hell. And he, he does. If you remember, he goes against that guy that um, practically tried, actually tried to kill him. Like, he nearly died. And... Oh, you took, oh that was a great episode, yeah. Um, oh. So why was that coming? Because he, if... He hadn't have done that. John would have ended up beating himself up, ended up hurting himself. So because he had to save Sherlock. See, I I think in Sherlock, the kind one is John Watson. He looks after everybody. He does, but I think on this certain occasion, it was Sherlock being kind to John okay. because John's always kind to Sherlock. And honestly, the wedding speech Sherlock gave broke my heart, like in a good way. And I think this was kind of like Sherlock paying him back and saying, I'm saving you from the sadness of losing the person you love the most. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, that, that really hit me. Okay. When they were watching the video of Mary and when they realised what Sherlock was doing, that really hit me. Okay. Who's next? Um, okay, it's about the most recent Doctor Who Christmas special. Okay. Because I was trying to think of just one moment that the Doctor was really kind and I, I went with this because I quite like this one. There was a man who was supposed to die in World War Two. Um, well, I have to see oh, this whole section on. <laughs> There are loads of men supposed to die in World War Two. We all know this. Anyway, 
And I actually don't think that's a massive spoiler because people did definitely know people were Exactly. So <laughs> basically this guy, he got caught in the time loop because the doctor refused to regenerate. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they went through this whole thing and they met the people who were taking the guy's soul. And the doctor, instead of putting the guy back in his body when he was supposed to, when he was supposed to die, instead of putting him in his body to die, he put him in his body a couple hours later and it was Christmas. So it was the Christmas oh, thing yeah. where all the soldiers started singing and nobody fought. And he they saved this... They had a game of football, didn't they? They, they had a game that, of football that, and he saved true, this man's yeah. life by pushing it forward a couple of hours. And I think there's two things kind of about this scene. Yeah. The fact that he was willing to alter, ta- alter time for a stranger he didn't know, one. And two, the fact that all these people... I know this is a rude event. The fact that all these people that were supposed to be fighting yeah. got out of the trenches and started playing a game of you football know, and singing Christmas you know, carols. You know what I love about Christmas? And you can look at it very cynically and say... Uh, uh, companies use this to sell their stuff. Mm. But... Um, uh, I really like Christmas adverts, yeah. and, and the Sainsbury's one, I think the Sainsbury's a few years ago, oh, other supermarkets are available, including all the Lidl's, Tesco's. I quite like the Aldi carrots, that was, I like the oh, other carrots. Yeah. But the one, they did, they did, a, the, they did a, an advert, which was a reenactment of that famous football match, where they all stopped and, and carried on. But yeah, no, it, was, it, it was good that that was a good What was the next one? Okay, it's probably a show neither of you have seen, but it is one of my favourite shows of all time. It's called One Day at a Time. It's about this Cuban family. And the nan, she came from Cuba during the Cuban Revolution, during the time Castro was taking over. And basically, the mum, because she's ex-army, ex-military, she has, like, depression... And even though... Yeah, no, she has depression. Oh, okay. um, her best friend is the guy that owns the apartment building she lives in. And although she, like... When she came off her medication, she insulted him and insulted him and insulted him that it really hurt him. And then after she had vented, like, vented everything to a... She recorded everything on her phone. And she went to him to apologise for what she had said. And... He listened to this thing, and all he could do was just hold her and cuddle her and, and tell her that if she needed the medication, she was going to have to be on it, even if it hurt, even if she didn't want to be on the medication, she needed it, and it was a good choice for her life. Yeah. So he supported her, and he told her what she needed, and he also compared it to the fact that she didn't want to take the drugs, but she was going to need them, and the fact that he wanted to drink alcohol, but he couldn't do it, and he said they were in opposite predicaments, and I just love the fact that he... So she needed the drugs, and he didn't take it, because... Yeah. And I love the fact that he... He sort of understood. He understood, and he was kind to her, and he comforted her, and I just I just love that. How many, how, many time, how many times do... Actually, all we need is somebody going, I'm there for you. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, if you need to talk, if you need a cuddle, if you need somebody to... Just be there. I'm there for you. I think it's underrated. Yeah, so do I. We, we had this conversation in an earlier podcast. Just
just saying I love you every day. Do you know what I mean? Just making sure that people just are... Just saying I've got you. Yeah, I did, I've got your back. It's really important. Thank you so much for sharing those. It's really appreciated. Cheers. So that was the best stories of kindness in 2018. But we've got more to come in 2019. Yeah. Well, I say we've got more to come. We're just trying to work out what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about now. We'll have a little meeting after the issue. Yeah, yeah. Should we have a little meeting? Let's, let's have a chin mug about cup chin coffee, Cup of coffee. Nice bit of cake. We haven't got any cake. Coffee and cake aren't included because we've run out of coffee and cake. <laughs> but we'll have a conversation about what 2019 is going to look like. However, listeners... Make suggestions. Make suggestions because we'd love to hear your views about sharing more positivity mm. and stories about how we can all be a little bit more awesome to each other in 2019. So, without further ado, we'll see you next time.